Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Tortoise. Hello, I'm Tomini, and this is The Sensemaker from Tortoise. One story every day to make sense of the world. Today... Why has a small city in eastern Ukraine become the scene of the fiercest fighting in Europe since World War II? That's after a short break. One city, nine months of fighting, and at least tens of thousands of soldiers dead. The battle for Bakhmut has been the bloodiest since Vladimir Putin began his full-scale invasion of Ukraine in February last year. Bakhmut is a small city in the Donetsk region in the east of Ukraine, just 150 kilometers from the border with Russia. Most of its 72,000 civilians fled when Russia began shelling the city in August. The fighting has been going on ever since, and Bakhmut has become known as a meat grinder. Ukraine is said to be losing 100 to 200 soldiers a day, but it's estimated that Russian losses could be up to eight times higher than that. Tortoise's Ukraine editor, Nina Kuriata, has been following the battle. We only know Russian losses because Ukrainian side doesn't disclose the numbers, but we know that at least 40,000 Russians, including regular army and Wagner mercenaries, died there in the battle. The Wagner mercenaries are a group of men, most of them ex-prisoners, who are being paid to fight by a Russian businessman called Yevgeny Prigozhin. The financier, the leader of Wagner Group, Evgeny Prigozhin, made Bakhmut like a main point uh, of his agenda because he is trying to prove that Russian uh, military authorities do not do their job well. He criticized them for losing all uh, places they tried to occupy first, and Russia really didn't succeed with occupation of any place. He made Bakhmut like the main point to show that he is capable of doing things better than the regular army, and he deployed about 30,000 of criminals in Russia. He went to uh, prisons, and uh, they've been promised to be released if they survive in that battle. Yevgeny Prigozhin has been sending tens of thousands of his mercenaries to their deaths in an attempt to take Bakhmut. But why is the city so important? Bakhmut isn't a site of huge military importance, but if Russia had taken it last year, it would have been symbolic. Now, after so much blood, weaponry and propaganda have been invested in the battle, it has become strategically important as well. That's because both sides have used Bakhmut to kill as many opposition troops and grind down their resources as possible. Here's Nina Kuriata again. As Bakhmut became a point where the Russian army and mercenaries put such a lot of manpower and such a lot of efforts, it became the main hotspot to grind as many uh, enemies for Ukrainian army as possible. And that is why Ukraine is also forced to pour the best resources there and to grind Russian army and mercenaries. 
and each side has also used Bakhmut to draw enemy fighters into the area, so there are fewer soldiers left to resist counterattacks elsewhere. Uh, this is a place where um, it's more important not to take or release uh, any small town or city, but to destroy as many enemies as possible. So this is the military importance, not in terms of geography and front line, but in terms of enemy resources. Despite all that manpower and fighting, the front lines in the battle for Bakhmut have barely moved since last summer, and the city has been reduced to rubble. The troops are stuck from the both sides in Bakhmut. There are non-trained people with absent motivation or criminals deployed just because of the chance that they will survive. And um, on the Ukrainian side, they really lack weapons and munitions because they say that Russia is waging a war with just putting more and more of cannon fodder into the front line. But it looks like the future of Bakhmut might be decided in the coming weeks. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. In early April, the leader of Russia's Wagner mercenary group, Yevgeny Prigozhin, said he had raised a Russian flag over Bakhmut City Hall. 2 April, 23.00. A top Ukrainian commander accused Moscow of using scorched earth tactics, but has insisted its army still holds Bakhmut. However, President Volodymyr Zelensky has admitted that troops could be withdrawn if they run the risk of being encircled. Ukraine is holding on to Bakhmut for now, but it needs Western military aid if it's to push back against Russian forces. Now in Bakhmut, unfortunately, Ukraine is playing by Russian rules because Russia likes to use a lot of cannon fodder, to put a lot of manpower. As soon as the West wants the result from Ukraine rather sooner than later, then Ukraine needs the weapons sooner rather than later because without weapons, without the critical mass of tanks and missiles and manpower, no territorial gains can be possible. Thank you for listening to The Sensemaker from Tortoise. This episode was written and mixed by Rebecca Moore with reporting from Nina Kuriata. If you want to learn more about the role Yevgeny Prigozhin and his Wagner group is playing in Ukraine, then you should listen to an episode of Tortoise's slow newscast called Wagner's War. In this investigation, reporter Basha Cummings traces the bloody trail of mercenaries from Crimea to Syria and then Central Africa and explores just how powerful Yevgeny Prigozhin really is. You can listen now by clicking on the link in this episode's description. Hello, I'm John Curtis. And I'm Rachel Wolfe. This week on Trendy, the monarchy. A year after the coronation, and as King Charles returns to work, what do we think of it? And how has that changed over time? To listen to the episode, search for Trendy on Tortoise News, wherever you get your podcasts, And follow the feed to make sure you don't miss 
an episode.